Welcome to Igniting Your Faith. At Igniting Your Faith, we strive to motivate listeners toward a full life in Jesus Christ by sharing the love and life-changing force of God's Word. This week, Rev. Portia Kazanga is our special speaker. Portia is the Director of Senior High Youth Ministries at First Church. Here is Portia with a message from God's Word about Mother's Day and loving one another. Good morning, you all who are here and those who are watching on um, those who are watching us online. Um, it is my pleasure this morning to be part of this worship service on the 60th Sunday of Easter Tide, uh, which is also the Mother's Day. And so, happy Mother's Day to you all. Um, indeed, it was a challenge for me to uh, take up this task to preach on Mother's Day. Uh, let me first confess. Um, Mother's Day was never my favorite holiday for many years. I've been shunning away from preaching on Mother's Day Sunday. As a pastor, I knew for sure that Mother's Day is not part of our liturgical seasons. And therefore, for me, there was no big deal to focus on Mother's Day or to preach anything about mothers. I always had a way to avoid it, and especially that it comes during this favorite season of mine, which is the Easter tide, the epiphany where we think and reflect upon Christ's manifestations in human life. So I would always have something to say focusing on how Christ manifests in our lives and never ever mention anything about mothers. Maybe one other year I would be clever enough or wise enough just to say Happy Mother's Day and then I'll pass that and pay attention to other things. However, this year, this time, caught me unaware I was not supposed to be here. It was supposed to be Mr. Redding, Brian, preaching. And only two weeks ago, I was asked to take up this task. Of course, I could not run away from it because I am a pastor. And I could not say no to Reverend Fisher. <laughs> I had never thought of it or really plan about it or think that I could preach on Mother's Day and especially in a culture that really honors motherhood. Therefore, I stand here not as another mother, but as a preacher who is always running away from preaching about Mother's Day, a fugitive preacher shining away from preaching. However, this past week, I really took it serious that I am preaching on Mother's Day. And I really thought, what does it mean for me to preach on this day? I took some grace and come face to face with my struggles and my fears. My struggles of not having the opportunity to grow up with my biological mother. And I thought there might be some people too 
who might have the same struggles. And I have to say something. Of course, from this confession, confession, you might be wondering, why did I struggle? As I said, I didn't have the opportunity to grow up with my mother. Of course, I'm a mother of two, and I find joy in that. I love my two kids. But it had been always a day that evoked some emotions in me, especially in my African tradition. It appears that Mother's Day is a holiday that focuses on honoring only the living mothers who biologically gave birth to their living children. What would happen in a day like this is all children come home from the cities and go to their home church with presents and thank their mothers for the sacrificial work they do to raise them, which I think is good, right? We need that appreciation as mothers. Every family would stand in church singing, ululating for their mothers. But at some point, I felt some insensitive words and presentations, especially to some mothers who have lost their children or some who did not have children. It was insensitive to kids like me who lost their mothers when they needed them most or some who were abandoned by their mothers, and if it was here, who would aid their adopted kids. Therefore, as much as this day was intended for everyone to be happy and celebrate, we cannot ignore the fact that if we don't do it correctly, it will invoke some feelings of sadness, anger, grief. And I remember one day seeing one old woman in my church, who have lost four daughters to HIV and AIDS, watching other mothers being honored with special gifts, and just sitting in the corner, looking through the window where the graveyard was, sobbing in grief. Indeed, it would left some of us thinking, God is unfair. And it left me not wanting to do anything about Mother's Day. However, this week, as I sat down and think about this day, I looked around me and saw that even though I was not fortunate to have been raised by my own biological mother, there are many women and men of faith who have come to my rescue. Some made sure I had a meal, some contributed to my school fees, some preached to me, some prayed for me and nurtured me and encouraged me and wanted to see me successful. I then honestly asked myself, so Portia, can you really say that you don't have a mother? No, all these people are my mothers. They are mothering me in different ways and some that even my own biological mother would not have done. And even here in Skuku Heaven, where we only have six months, I had already found some mothers who I call my heaven mamas. What then does it mean to 
mothering. Of course, from my story, you can learn that there is a problem if we limit motherhood or mothering to only biological mothers. Traditionally, mothering was used interchangeably with birthing. And birthing is not only way to mothering. Motherhood is broad and encompasses everyone, even men. And I stand here to say, Happy Mother's Day to men. <laughs> Get me right. I'm not here to undermine the work of birthing mothers. I once been there twice, and I know what then that journey feels like. And I appreciate all that had the opportunity to be on that journey, a journey of anguish that has brought joy to some and everlasting grief to others. Indeed, it is a journey worth honoring, but not to overemphasize, because mothering happens every day and everywhere. It is metaphorical to God's divine love for his people. If, as a church, we are going to emphasize biological motherhood, then it will put pressure to some mothers who don't have the opportunity to be biological mothers. If we look in the scripture, remember the story of Lot's daughters who felt the pressure of having an offspring and what they did, they committed sin of incest by overdrank their father so that they could get that seed. We have lots of stories of women in the Bible who felt that pressure of being a biological mother and at the same time, they did some extreme things that made them sinners before God. However, in the same Bible, throughout the Bible, we are told of different stories, situations where mothering took place despite or in spite of having your own biological kids. First example is the first woman we read the first woman of this earth, Eve. She was named Eve by Adam because she was the site of hope after they had fallen from God's grace. And after the punishment, we hear Adam naming his woman Eve. For she was a sign of hope that will be the mother of creation. So, in this case, mothering is giving somebody hope. The world is struggling every day. We have people who are stressed every day, who are just seeking some kind of hope in us. And the moment we provide some hope, despite or in spite of the fact that we have kids, we are mothering. We are responding to God's call of bringing his kingdom into being. In the second story that we read in Exodus, it presents us with a different group of women, kind of women, mothers, Shifra and poor. In the text, they are called midwives. 
those who help other women through the process of birthing. They did not have their own kids, but they present us with what it means to be a mother, especially in a corrupt world. These women feared God, and they stood against the power to protect the children of Israel. You remember the story. Pharaoh felt a threat when he saw the Israelites multiplying, growing, and he, instead of seeing humanity in them, he's seeing a threat and give order to these midwives to kill every male child of the Israelites. But these women, because they feared God, they stood against Pharaoh and they protected these kids and by so doing, risking their own lives for the sake of strangers. These babies were just strangers. They are babies of immigrants from Israel. They are not Egyptians. But these women stood strong to protect. Why? Because where Pharaoh is seeing an immigrant threat, the midwives are seeing human beings who need to be protected. Second, these midwives, they obeyed God's command not to kill, but to nature. Indeed, it is our duty as Christians to obey God's command not to kill. I get so distracted every day hearing stories of killing after killing human beings, killing each other. And what does it mean? to be a mother in a nation among people who kill others. Indeed, we need some kind of mothering, not biological mothering, but spiritual mothering that sees human beings in every children, despite or in spite of social class, despite or in spite of political background, despite of anything. We need people who stand, who respond to the call of God to be mothers and mother everyone in this world. Amen. And indeed, from the New Testament, we have our mother Mary, mother of Jesus, who further redefine, who further defines what mothering is. Indeed, you know, when she was told with the angel that you were going to have a baby, she was still young, maybe soon after her high school. She's a young woman who might have her own aspirations about her life, may not have planned to have a baby that early, but because she is so much disposed at God's will, when the angel spoke to her that she will have a baby that she did not plan, she responded gently in obedience of God's word. Let it be according to thy will. Despite I have planned or not planned of it, let it be, Lord. I guess I'm speaking to somebody who had a child when you didn't plan it. But I've come to remind you that that's God's plan as Christians. We have to stand and be open to what God had planned us in our lives and stop killing babies. Yeah. 
Mary responded, this part is not my plan, but let it be, let it be. And when even she carried her pregnancy and met with different struggles, I'd like to think that her friends would have laughed at her, like what happened? Huh? I'd like to think that even her own family had gave her hard time, why did you do this? I'd like to think if it wasn't just generation, maybe her close family would have suggested a boat. But Mary stood up to the, be the model of mothering, mothering that listens and obeys God's word and say, let it be God. And even when he raised her son, Jesus, I'd like to think, Mary also hoped for grandkids. The same I do when I look at Nigel, I'm like, oh, I wonder what kind of grandkids am I gonna get through him? <sighs> I would like to think he, she, she wanted that, she expected that. <sighs> Alas, when you say let it be, it's gonna be let it be for sure. When times comes that Christ was crucified in her eyes, she kept the word, let it be, and never fell in possession of Jesus. He, she indeed knew that Jesus is not mine, but he is God's. Sometimes as parents, we struggle with that. And we, you know, it's okay. I, I, I am one of those people who believe grief is healthy. But sometimes we grieve too much because we, we thought that we own our kids. When God gave us these kids, let it be known that God gave it and God take it. Let it be, let it be. So Mary stands as a model of mothering that embraces every moment of life. When the good news came to her, he re she rejoiced with joy. Let it be God. And when bad news came to her in her sight, her son being killed, she embraced the moment of grief. Let it be God. And that's what she's teaching us here. As much as we are mothering our kids, let it let us know that they are not our own, but they are God's. Lastly, Christ himself calls us to mothering. Remember that day when he was on the cross? His words, when he saw the fellow disciple, he said, mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. What does it mean in the 21st century where the use of technology is very rampant. We might be here and I can be busy on my phone, but there are human beings sitting across me. Christ is calling us to be mothering to each other by seeing each other, which I think the church of today suffers. We, we sit with people, but we don't see them. But Christ is calling us to a spiritual mothering that sees each other. And so what it means is every space, 
every situation, there is an opportunity of mothering. This week taught me to really say Happy Mother's Day wholeheartedly because I have seen the opportunities that God had provided me to be mothered and to mother others. And mothering, when we are mothering, we are bringing God's kingdom into being. We are just the ushers sharing God's love among the people of God and even with the outside world. This morning, friends, we are invited. We are invited to the ministry of loving, of mothering by loving each other, by caring for each other. Let this church be a nourishing church where when people come here, they would feel filled with the spirit of God among us, like Eve. Bring hope, bring life into being. Like midwives, protect and defend human life wherever possible. Stop killing, despite and in spite of our differences. We are not a threat to each other, but we are God's family. Let us all respond to God's call of ushering his kingdom into being by being a mother to each other. Amen. Thank you for listening to Igniting Your Faith. Let God's word empower your life with new growth that encourages everyone you meet. Igniting Your Faith is copyrighted and published by Dr. Chris Fisher and First Church, Schuylkill Haven, Pennsylvania. Special piano music played by Cindy McClelland. You can find more information about Dr. Chris Fisher, this podcast, and the church at our website, havenfirstumc.org. We hope you will join us again next week and let God ignite your faith.